This is Women's Leadership Success Radio, episode number 37. Business acumen for women leaders. Build your credibility and your career. Now, there was a time when schools didn't worry much about women and numbers, let alone financial concepts. Those days should be long gone. But many brilliant women still feel uncomfortable around basic financial concepts. Wait! Even if you don't work in the financial department, this program will be invaluable to you and your career. Join me in an interview with Kevin Cope, author of Seeing the Big Picture, Business Acumen to Build Your Credibility, Career, and Company. And be sure to listen for a special offer at the end of the show on how to sign up for a free copy of my new Seven Secrets to a Profitable Job Promotion video training series. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Sabrina Brom with womensleadershipsuccess.com. In this segment of Women's Leadership Success radio podcast, we will be discussing the essence of how business works, plain and simple. Have you ever been in a meeting with managers or financial types when they asked you uh, to look over a financial statement and you either got lost or you lost interest? Or have you been mandated by the CEO to help the company reach its financial objectives and you're asked for ideas in a team meeting on what might be done and you're not even sure how your job relates to the bottom line? Well, even if you don't work in the finance department, you will discover why it is important to your career to have a basic understanding of the numbers that drive your business success. Today, we're very excited to have with us Kevin Cope. Kevin is the president and CEO of Acumen Learning and the author of Seeing the Big Picture, Business Acumen, and to Build Your Credibility, Career, and Company. Did I mispronounce that? Nope, you're good. Okay, Thank great. You. Yeah. Great. And Kevin just told me that he's number one on Amazon and Barnes and Noble this week. Now, Kevin is a trusted resource and confidant to business leaders from around the world. For over 25 years, Kevin has promoted the idea that the brightest minds in business understand the essence of how a company makes money and they use that knowledge to drive their decisions. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited about this. I've really enjoyed your book. And I wonder if you could tell us a little a bit of your background. How did you develop your ability to understand numbers? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. You know, um, through high school and college, I actually uh, had run my own business. Uh, started off working as a building contractor for somebody else, then got my own license. And so I had firsthand experience with starting a business. Uh, then was three years in banking, and then I joined the Covey Leadership Center in 1989. And I worked there for a decade, eventually uh, was the executive vice president of the company, and then formed this company, Acumen Learning, about 10 years ago. And uh, in that time, we've trained uh, you know over 100,000 people. Uh, it 
keeps going up all of the time, but over 100,000 people in over 30 countries and including 17 of the Fortune 50. Wow, that's incredible. And, you know, I, as usual when I'm doing an interview, I, I read the material that people have sent me, and the, the, your book is really good, and it's such a good um, book for people, for any woman to keep as a reference. If she's w- wondering if she needs to learn something, this book is a good starting place for learning how to do this. Um, and I'm wondering, Kevin, would you explain to us what it means to have business acumen? Yeah, you know, when we think of business acumen, it really refers to a company really understanding how their organization makes money and then making good decisions around that money-making process. So if an individual really sees that big picture of how their company makes money and then they act accordingly, that for us is business acumen. Okay. And... The big question for my audience is, well, how will this help a woman listening to this program? How will it help her career if she develops more uh, understanding of financial knowledge? Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. You know, first of all, um, finance is the language of business. Um, I was in Moscow uh, with a group at GE uh, about three weeks ago. And the person who introduced the course put it this way. Uh, He said, you know what, uh, finance is the language of business. You've got to understand it. If you don't, you'll see a glass ceiling here. And I think that's the case in many organizations. If you really want to grow in your career, you really need to understand how the numbers fit together, how they work, and really what drives that financial performance. Um, Interestingly, there was an article not long ago that talked about the idea of business acumen, the competency in job postings, and it's actually doubled in the last three years. So if you're looking at a job posting, business acumen is you know, two times more likely to be there than it was simply three years ago. And so organizations are really seeing that competency and a need much more important today uh, you know, even than just a few years ago. Um, that really makes a lot of sense to me. In your book, you have a great quiz. It's actually on page six. It says the big picture quick quiz, and it's, it asks a lot of questions. How much cash was on hand at the end of the year? How much cash was generated from operations? Uh, what was your return on assets? Those are just three of the ten questions. I asked these questions of 15 of my high-level coaching clients and was surprised that only two of them knew the answers, and they were both presidents of companies. Is this unusual? What what percentage of people know, understand this? You know, it's interesting. When I started this 10 years ago, I kind of assumed the same thing to you might, Sabrina. I assumed that, you know, most mid to senior level people really understood this. So I thought the curriculum would be good for just the frontline maybe employee, uh-huh. maybe a first-line supervisor. I, and we've surveyed now probably 60,000 people around those same 10 to 15 questions for their company. And what we found is the same thing that you found. The average person might know one to two out of the 10 key performance measures for their company. Mm-hmm. And you can even go to mid-level and even somewhat senior level folks and still find there's a pretty good gap that exists. So we found the same thing that you found, Sabrina, as you asked your clients as well. Most people don't know the key performance measures for their company unless they're at a very senior or executive level. Well, so you're going to help us today, and I hope everybody on this call gets your book and and looks at your website because it's great too. You talked about the five key drivers of business. What are they? And can you just give us a little like thumbnail of what each one is? 
Yeah. Thank you. Um, if you do have the book, it's page eight. If not, let me give you a visual. So you may want to grab a pencil and write this down. Think of a diamond shape. The top point on the diamond is cash. That's the first business driver we talk about. Cash, as you know, is king. And we found out in the Great Recession of the last three or four years that companies that didn't have enough cash, like GM, you know, Lehman Brothers, uh, you know, Citibank, that had kind of critical cash issues really struggled. So cash is our first of five business drivers. On the right point of this diamond is profit. And I really love the idea of no profit, no mission, uh, or no margin, no mission. And, you know, even if a company has a phenomenal mission, uh, if they can't make money doing that, um, it's going to be short-lived. They won't really be able to fulfill that. So profit is key. Mm-hmm. And it may, it may help you to know that the average profit margin for the S&P 500, Standard Poor's 500, which is a good cross-section of companies today, is at about 13%. That's average for all industries. You really ought to know how your company is doing on its net profit margin, which is really profit as a percent of sales. So that's our second business driver. Mm-hmm. The third, and this is the bottom point of the, the uh, diamond shape, is assets. And assets refers to anything you own or control that has value. Uh, so people have inventory, they have cash, they have buildings, those are assets. Mm-hmm. And you want to get a good return on those assets. Uh, you also want to make sure you've got good asset strength. If you run into trouble, do you have liquid assets you can sell to you know, sustain the business? Mm-hmm. Growth is the fourth point on the left point. And for a public company, you know, if you're with a company that has uh, trade stock publicly, growth is just demanded by shareholders. If you're not a public company, growth is still important. It keeps you innovative. Uh, employees are attracted to it um, because of the career pathing. Uh, so that's our fourth. And then right in the middle, and it's not last or least, it's right in the middle, is people uh, being employees of the company who serve uh, their customers. And people is in the middle because it drives the other four, cash, profit, assets, and growth. And one last point, Sabrina, on this model is these are very interdependent in nature. Mm-hmm. For example, if a company is focused right now on growth, it will use cash. It will likely shrink your profit margins because you're investing. Mm-hmm. It may even reduce your asset strength, and it could have an impact on your employees and people. So it's important to recognize that you need to understand each of these five, but also see them as very interdependent in nature. Mm-hmm. So my next question that maybe you've already answered, which is, are they all equally important to understand? You know, I would suggest they are um, equally important, but the one that might be most important is the one you're struggling with. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, for example, uh, BP Amico with the big spill on the Gulf, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden customer (laughs) became front and center, uh, as did Toyota with their quality problems a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And they've done a lot to turn that around. So a couple of years ago, with quality issues with customer, people became the most important for them. If you go back four years to the beginning of the Great Recession, it became all about cash. Mm-hmm. So the way I'd answer that is they're all important, but you may be focusing or emphasizing uh, one at a particular time. Mm-hmm. If your company's been around a while and you're thriving, it may be that growth is your primary focus. And so it, it can really vary over time depending on where a company is in its life cycle and how it's performing. Mm-hmm. That that really makes a lot of sense. Um, so one of the things that I hear is, 
Well, I'm really, uh, this is, a lot of women are really good with uh, people issues. You know, I'm, I'm really yeah. good with the people. I'm really good at managing my people. And I'm, I'm not so good with the numbers. And this has actually come up recently where basically this woman wasn't going to get promoted unless she started studying the numbers. And she had some resistance to that. You know, well, I'm really good at this. Why do I have to learn this? And you've explained why. What I'd like to hear from you is how does one start? So you, you know you need to learn them. Even though it may not be your favorite thing to do, what's a good way to start developing your competency in financial knowledge? Yeah. Well, you know, one, and this is a shameless plug. I think the book will help. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> see, see in the big picture, you know, so that might be a place to, to, to start on that. Um, mm-hmm. But here, here are um, four suggestions I'd give. Uh, so number one, um, find a business journal you like and then start reading that regularly. Can you give some uh, examples of that? Yeah, you know, I like Business Week and Fortune. Um, it, it's a it's a good way to stay kind of connected to what's happening in the business world. There are others, you know, Wall Street Journal is also a good one. You don't have to read them all, but start by picking one of those and then get a subscription and regularly stay connected uh, with one of those business journals. That's number one. And what are you what are you looking for in the in the business journals? You know, usually they speak to business in general. They'll often highlight a particular company or an industry. But what I like is they give kind of an overview of what's going on in the whole business world. So maybe if there's an issue that Congress is talking about that will impact tax structures for organizations, that's something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be talking about the cost of raw materials or commodities going up. Mm-hmm. And so that impacts a lot of businesses. So I like them because they just give a, a well-rounding of business in general, and then they'll also highlight a lot of particular companies. Mm-hmm. In that. So in a way, you're 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 not only focusing on yourself and your company, but you're beginning to understand that it's this isn't an island, that you're you're connected to other businesses at the same time. Exactly right. And, and the global economy mm-hmm. is such an impact on individual businesses today. You could be performing well, but you know if Europe continues to struggle, that could very easily have an impact on your business as uh-huh. well. So that's number one. Um, number two, uh, I'd also find a business website. I like Google Finance, a CNN business. And every morning I spend... Uh, you know, maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes just looking at some of the business news. And when I scan the headline, if I like an article, I'll read that article. So that's a second uh, suggestion I'd have. Mm-hmm. Um, third, if you're a public company, um, there's a lot of data out there about your organization. A couple of thoughts on that. One is uh, every year many CEOs have a letter to shareholders. Um, I would read that. Warren Buffett's famous for his shareholder letter, which is usually 20 or 30 pages long. But there's a good chance if you're a public company, your CEO has written a letter, and he or she will kind of outline the key elements or strategies for the business. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also get, (coughs) excuse me, if you're a public company, the Form 10-K that is submitted to the Securities and Exchange Commission every year by law. It's called the Form 10-K, and sometimes it's also called the Annual Report. There's two items in there alike. It's Item 1, which is a business description, and Item 7, which is management talking about the company. So I would would grab your 10-K and and look at Items 1 and 7. And then the fourth would be to find a mentor. 
uh, within your organization. Um, I, I would do the first three things that I mentioned first so that you come in having done a little homework and at least started down the path. Mm-hmm. But get with a, a mentor monthly maybe, um, take them to lunch, and with the idea of, hey, I've got some questions, I'd love to just pose these to you about our company. And so those would be the four things I'd suggest. Wow, those are those are wonderful ideas. I've also uh, watched the on public television. There's a program that comes on after the news hour. That's a nightly business. Yeah, it's a great one. And what I find is, at first it seemed boring, and as I keep watching, it's like, oh, this this makes a lot of sense. It's it's not too difficult to understand, and it's good information. Well, you hit upon a key point. Um, part of it is once you first dive in, everything will feel foreign to you. Uh-huh. And w- when it feels foreign, it's hard to be engaged. But once you start to hear and gain some insight and follow trends, then it's a lot more interesting. For example, you know, if you hear about uh, you know Europe and the the debt challenges they're having there for the first time, it may feel overwhelming. But once you follow it for a few weeks or a month, you start to, to hear the trends and understand it, and then it's a lot more interesting. That's that's really true and and such good advice. Um, so you got to stick with it, you know. You, you've got to be willing to pay the price. You can't think, you know what, I'm going to get business acumen this week. Um, you, you've you've got to be willing to invest over the long haul. Right, you you really do. And I just interviewed a wonderful uh, woman named Ann Mannix about women getting on uh, boards of directors, and she said basically there's no way to do it if you don't understand profit and loss statements. I, you really got to understand. Uh, there's three primary financials, and you mentioned, uh, Sabrina, the, the one I would start with, and that is the profit and loss or the P&L, you know, income statement. It's known by a lot of terms. But you really do need to know the fundamentals of that. It's what executives look at to measure performance. It's what Wall Street looks at to assess, you know, how a company is performing as well. So those, that's just a must-have uh, skill set. So, um, wow, this is lots of good information. Is there so the financial statement and the profit and losses is that the same thing? It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, when you say financial statements, there's usually uh, three. There's the profit and loss that we were talking about. You also have the balance sheet and the statement of cash flows. And I devote a chapter to each one of those um, in the book. Um, and so the P&L is, or the profit and loss, the same terminology. It's one of the financial statements. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman I was telling you about that didn't want to study these things, has uh, now it's been a couple months of her reading the reports and studying the trends and doing this, and, and she just started reading your book. And what she said is, wow, I'm getting where I understand it better, and I also know... I know more about what's happening when I'm in a meeting. Yeah. I really understand that. Yeah, especially if you're in any kind of executive dialogue or boardroom dialogue, it will ultimately come around to, so how is the company performing? And the language of business is the financial statements. And so if you're not connected to those, uh, you'll find a lot of that discussion and dialogue. Uh, you'll be disconnected, disengaged, and honestly not adding value. <laughs> and not, if you can't add value, you're not going to have a seat at the table. Right. And and you won't be able to influence what's happening. Yeah, you won't. And now, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, now here's one challenge. If you're in a privately held company, mm-hmm. uh, so a company that doesn't have public financial statements, that can be a little bit harder. Right. Um, now, I find um, many 
even if they're not public, still may have financials available. Uh, for example, there are many uh, hospitals that are nonprofit. They don't have shareholders, but they still have a community obligation to share that information. So sometimes you can hunt around. I- I'd also suggest that um, internally kind of start your circle of influence and be proactive. And y- you may uh, pick a mentor or somebody that is in the know. And by being curious and studying as much as you can about the company, you know whether it's through your uh, some kind of internal strategy documents or uh, internal uh, uh, executive communication, try and develop that knowledge and then sit down with finance and there may be some things that uh, you can find out uh, and explore that way. So even though you may not get your hands on the financials, you can still find a coach or a mentor um, who can give you some insights into how the business is performing. Mm-hmm. And um, these, there's just so many more questions I'd like to ask you, but I'm going to end it here because we're going to run out of time and just tell you that this has been so incredibly valuable to me and I know to the women who've been listening to this, so I really want to thank you for taking the time to share with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Be sure to check out my new Women's Leadership Success Facebook fan page. And also, register for a free copy of 7 Secrets to Profitable Job Promotion video training. Go to www.womensleadershipsuccess.com and sign up on the form that appears on the screen after a moment. And thanks for listening. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrom.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.